After the fact, at the at the start of uh, start of uh, this yarn that we're about to have here, because um, uh, there's a you know, bit of angriness coming into the inbox from uh, anti-vaxxers, what people call. But uh, I know they prefer not to be called anti-vaxxers. They prefer to be called things like uh, a contagion class and everything. Uh, so anyway, I've got contagion class pushback here. Uh, I believe their preferred pronouns are, um, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> jokes, people, just jokes. Don't get too wild. Uh, you know, I know the conventional wisdom um, out there for talking to people, you know, family members and people you're close to who um, have become radicalized online in ways that start to separate them. Um, alienate them from community and family. I know the conventional wisdom is to, um, you know, not talk about it. Like, you know, just talk about things that you have in common and maintain the relationship that way. You know, like don't mention the war kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. We we just don't do it like that um, in our communities. It's you know, you can disagree on stuff and you can uh, you can tussle a little bit and, and still maintain a decent relation. Um, I got in my life. I'm just surrounded by people who are, um, you know, uh, red pilled in this way. Who, had, from my point of view, you know, way down that rabbit hole of, you know, Fauci is the devil and all this kind of thing. Um, you know, I although I, you know, of course that's that's unfair to say everybody's motivated in that way or talking that way. Uh, that's just shorthand. But, um, you know, I have to stay in good relation with everybody. I was um, even supposed to have uh, Charles Eisenstein on the pod soon. Um, that thinker, heterodox, sense-makery, kind of borderline idea, W kind of guy, um, he was going to come on. But I think he's going to be a bit too busy now that he's... Uh, taken up the role of doing messaging for the RFK campaign, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Junior is running for running for election now in the United States um, to sort of, I guess, pick up all the anti-mandate, anti-vax, like pro-Ivan-Mectin kind of crew uh, there. Uh, there's a lot of popularity for this in Australia too. Uh, my friend, you're about to hear the yarn with. Uh, we started. We had this yarn when he sent me. Um, he sent me an email with some um, 
RFK prop, uh, like propaganda uh, from that campaign. There was very, like the language was very, you know, he's our savior and all this kind of thing. Um, anyway, it's been, I've been worried about him for a while on this one. And, and uh, yeah, I guess we both, uh, we didn't want to debate it. Um, well, I think he wanted to debate it, it was, but I, I, I said, no, let's just, um, you know, we can talk about it and just air grievances and uh, maintain our relationship, which was the point of this one. You know, it's by the end of it, you can see we're still in good relation, you know, and we are now. Um, I can go and have a barbecue at his place and we might be, you know, spitting lentils at each other fair <laughs> bit, but we'll still be in good relation, you know. Um, yeah, so, you know, it doesn't mean being polite. And so you'll see in here, like, you know, quite a few times, um, you know, I'll be cutting him off, um, particularly when it's getting into that that kind of technique uh, that's that's out there in the just asking questions world of you know, um, you know taking something that's factual and inserting it into you know a wrong narrative, but going into you know intense detail about that bit of factual stuff, um, which then also then you know that then gets rolled into sort of, you know, uh, lending to support to, you know, uh, less factual ideas. Um, you know, so I do cut that off. And it uh, seems like, I, I don't know, um, people upset when I'm redirected to uh, the Andrew Wakefield studies and autism, uh, like that that was a complete non sequitur and all that sort of thing. But it wasn't in the context of RFK because, you know, uh, RFK was a big, peddler of that disinformation around the um, f fake disingenuous uh, Andrew Wakefield research that was you know connecting autism to um, uh, to vaccines um, you know uh, he produced a lot of propaganda RFK around that and quite deliberately um, targeted uh, vulnerable minority communities you know including in places like Samoa um, you know, which resulted in um, some quite large measles outbreaks that that killed a number of people. Um, now, this upset. Oh, yeah, it upsets me because a lot of this uh, targeted stuff that targets particularly indigenous communities too is um, building on you know rhetoric and realities that we already have. Right story of colonization. It kind of piggybacks off that and, um, you know, slides in that way. You know, it tells us as indigenous people, like, ah, oh, this is, you know, farmer colonization, you know, and, you know, we have solidarity together. Um, you know, so you've got people, you know, um, who are not from minorities, you know, and who have quite a bit of privilege and capital who are claiming, you know, uh, victim status and, you know, claiming this idea of having been colonized, um, you know, and standing in solidarity with us. But, I mean, uh, but it's coming from, you know, think tanks and propaganda machines that are being quite disingenuous about that, um, you know, that are really just targeting our vulnerable communities. Uh, this is the way a lot of the propaganda is run. Um, 
and in Australia there's direct pipeline from the states now too you know so we have a lot of our uh, indigenous communities that are uh, I think brother Patrick in this interview says that 50% of Aboriginal people didn't take the vaccine um, and I don't know it's kind of like you know I don't know it feels like there was there's this attempted re role reversal of like well suddenly you know um, I'm a colonizer and <laughs> and then there's all these poor um, contagion class people who are being colonized um, you know by me as a shill for big farmer or something um, anyway look there's all kinds of logical fallacies that come out and you know including your, your Galileo <laughs> gambit, uh, you know, uh, they, they killed Galileo and he was right, and, and now they're shadow banning us, so we must be right. <laughs> I don't know, there's all this kind of thing. Um, I find it very tiring, but, you know, I live you know, in relation with people. I have lots of relatives, um, lots of friends, and to me it's important to maintain that relationship. Um, but not at the expense of right story, you know. Um, true facts in the wrong place make wrong story, you know. Um, so, yeah, anyway, look, this is probably not going to help things at all, but I'm putting this up front here. Um, I'm not, uh, like, you know, maintaining a position or anything. You know, my position is that we, uh, we stay in good relation. And, you know, we talk about the things. Um, we have to be able to uh, push back when things are, um, you know, uh, when things are damaging. Uh, you know, when people are making those uh, conversational gambits to put the foot in the door and, um, you know, out of politeness we allow these things to slide. And they slide in and they slide in until, uh, you know, a bunch of people die. So I say you stay in good relation and you keep t telling that right story. Um, I know that's not the conventional wisdom, but uh, that's what I'm proposing. Uh, let's give it a shot. Uh, love you all. So, Brother Patrick, otherwise known as artist as family, I, I don't know if that's you or your whole family, but I think that's the point of it. Um, and I first met your your beautiful family years ago on a um, was it two or three years ago? It wasn't long ago, but yeah. you know, long enough to to become like really good friends. Our families have um, have a good friendship, um, but we met in um, a webinar. What was the? It was the Stoa. I think it was. Um, no, you. Uh, we were both on the queering permaculture. Queering permaculture, that's the one. Yeah. That's yeah. the one. No, all right. I, I got you mixed up with that um the person who introduced us to as well, or said that we should get together. That was on the stoa. And then yeah, it was the queering permaculture one with uh, Guy Ratani and everything else. And um I can remember I like I made a really distasteful joke because you were there like as always, except for now, it wasn't just you. You you had the whole family there, and I made I made a joke that you, you look like the Manson family, <laughs> which you know you did you didn't laugh about until later, and 
but your your beautiful partner has never laughed about it <laughs> and is is like still like quite upset with me like to this day like every every now and then i get an email from her saying hey that joke was really bad you really pissed me off <laughs> so anyway i'm uh as always i start start our conversations with an apology for that <laughs> intro i got no filters i got no filters that's our problem um and so you're a a um a settler living in good relation on Jaja run country in good relation with the country and with the custodians of the land there, which, you know, automatically makes you quite um, profoundly unsettled, um, which, which problematizes the, the, the word settler <laughs> in introducing you. So yeah, there isn't really a word for what you, what you are yet. Um yeah, and you're you're living very much the dream, in that you 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 have uh, land, real estate that you you know you can hold and have access to, and you're turning that to good regenerative use and um, homeschooling, and you know uh, connecting with the community and making lots of networks, um, and you know like doing really sustainable and self-sustaining sort of agriculture and uh, all kinds of trading practices with the community. Um, but then also quite a big online presence and a lot of um, thinking, you know, for, for want of a better word, um, because, you know, we, we, there's people out there who are thinkers. Now, I don't know, is that, does that, um, does that nutshell you, nutshell you in a fairly good, in, in a decent way? Uh, yeah, it does. Sorry, that was all right. Was... right now, now you do me. My oldest boy just um, trying to get through to me. I'm just gonna turn on, turn the phone off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just yeah. Uh, now you, now I do you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess uh, my intro to you was through Sand Talk, and um, yeah, it, I, I felt like it was uh, uh the first a first person's version of my thesis that I brought out in a second people mindset several years before um just like examining what I arrived at um what I call the the culture that I was born into um hyper techno civility um the hyper mediation and the hyper tooled um uh a version of civility or empire and um yeah so i was really drawn to you um i invited you up here to to meet um some mob up here and beck phillips and her her man mitch boney and and to sit with anitra nelson a degrowth um activist and yeah to see where indigenous perspectives and degrowth perspectives might intersect so um yeah so that so my love affair with you uh began with sound talk and um and then it, we quickly moved into covid and our families have been toing and froing and sort of like finding ourselves in similar but different places and yeah navigating that relationship um as the the world radically transformed particularly mm -hmm. since late 2021 and yeah so and um my my spouse is you know has a really strong relationship um you know with you and the, and the and the family which is you um 
as well so we you know over covid we we um followed you, you took a journey a, a bike bicycle journey yeah um yeah. i think it was just before but it was you know so your whole family just got on bikes and just went you know on a big i mean it's not a pilgrimage it's not a not a journey it's not a voyage you were you know living mobile on the road and um and documenting this day to day and and so we were following the posts of your sort of daily you know journey and um and you were you were attacked at one stage one place you were staying we you had a a a, a terrorist attack by citrus citrus <laughs> fruits in the night <laughs> yeah we got attacked by the tribe called the lemon hurlers and lemon hurlers hey. some young teenage fellas who um, yep. found auntie joe's lemon tree and decided to rock the town and they found us down by um sneaky camping by the footy oval yeah, yeah. and we got we got rocked by them by this what, what 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 i'm what i'm really interested in exploring with you that you know i wouldn't feel particularly safe exploring with very many other people on the planet um if i'm not close to them you know um Actually, there's heaps of people I'm close to that I still don't feel <laughs> safe exploring this. Um, but I do feel safe with you um, having a look into this. It's 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 the way over COVID um, our ways began to part um, mm. ideologically. Mm. Now, pre pre COVID, we were pretty uh, just, or at least in the things that we spoke about, we were fairly aligned. And then um, when I came out to your place, we connected fairly strongly over some um, uh, Gaddafi nostalgia for a start, <laughs> which um, over time I came to reframe as um, as, as disinformation um, from Russian propaganda. And the more I looked into it and the more I spoke to people um, from that part of the world, you know, <laughs> who you know didn't fit into the the social groups that were um you know the dominant culture there um that i i came to see in a very different light and you know and then the sex dungeon stuff came out and i i i, I um spoke to some uh people connected to victims of that and um and i sort of had to start reforming my opinion it was like one of my children had had died <laughs> That's how emotionally attached I was to the idea of Gaddafi, you know, because lots of our mob had gone and spent time with him. So anyway, we connected really strong over that. And I think I shared with you like the lost chapter from Sand Talk, uh, yep. verbally at least, which yep. which ended up ended up cutting from the book, which was it was all Gaddafi nostalgia and like just a sort of anger, <laughs> you know, about the fall of um, of that land. Um, and it's just descent into madness and slavery and all kinds of horrors afterwards um yeah so we, we were about there and and so then you could see from how i've described that my trajectory as we went through and ideologically and everything else and then your trajectory was from what i could see in our communications on email was the opposite direction and um uh my i had begun uh just before i met you in my uh, studies of disinformation, especially online radicalization and stuff like this, um, uh, through RMIT. I was doing a research project there, 
Um, I was particularly following how this plays out in Indigenous communities. And it wasn't a particularly, it was a really niche topic until COVID happened. And then suddenly it was very relevant. It's vamped up those since then. Um, you know, so I spend about, I spend about 10 hours a week, you know, on this project and have for a couple of years now. Um, so I, I was following through all of the, um, you know, the extreme alt-right uh, disinformation channels, which, by the way, you know, intersect through that horseshoe effect with with a lot of the left um, now as well. And a lot of people are jumping the horseshoe. So that's a phenomenon I was looking at as well. Um, yeah, through that, the sort of hot spots of information that I was seeing uh, seeing coming up each week and the um, um, the topics and patterns and messaging around disinformation, I was seeing that in your emails too. And I was like, ah, yeah, Butterman's, yeah, like uh, got an algorithm there. And then, and I didn't say anything to you until you sent me that trans, that trans article. Mm-hmm. And then we had a, I don't know, about as close to argy-bargy as we've ever come. And I'm like telling you, you you're red pill MAGA, and you're telling me that I'm a, that I've become a shill for, you know, um, the colonial institutions and big farmer and shit like that. And then we went, and then you're like, debate me, bro. And <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, dear, now that it is red flag. And then I went, oh, I don't know. But then, I don't know, we just fell back into our old patterns. And we, we said, oh, we're going to have to talk about this. That was ages ago. And we never really got around to it. And so here we are around to it. We may share it with people if it's useful. And we may freaking not. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's from from where I'm sitting, from my fire, how all that rolled out and what that looks like and where my interest is in it, um, which, as I wrap up here, long-winded as it is, it, it's a profoundly relational interest mm. for the purposes of this, this yarn. It's mm. just, uh, it's about us caring for each other. I, I either you're going to save me from big pharma um what sparked this was when you sent me the rfk yeah great. I, I got the rfk good. yeah um, propaganda and i went I, I fucking i have to talk to brother patrick <laughs> um so either you're going to save me from big pharma or um you know or, or i'm gonna save you from like you know the massive uh, billionaire dark money funded disinformation complex um or um probably as we find in our dyadic way of being in these relations and knowledge um probably neither of those things and a little of both but something else so <laughs> how, how do you how do you come into this yard yeah i mean i i'm just I'm grateful that this conversation is taking place. I think that there's so many that are just not, and people are turning away from each other, um, projecting um, labels onto people, um, absolutely shredding the nuance from discussion, and um, relationships have been severed and are continuing to be severed. So I just want to say thanks. Thanks yeah, for yeah. reaching out and... Um, yeah, I'm I'm really keen to explore where it is that um, mm. 
we're both at at the moment and um, stay really open and curious to where you're at mm. and just share a little of how before I... you before you go on this mm. is still directing you back into what you're saying um with the passive voice their relationships are being severed that's like i need a subject of the verb there who's severing these relationships um yeah good good question um, maybe you don't have to answer it now but maybe we'll explore it as we go along yeah mm. yeah um i mean for for me there's been enormous amounts of relationships severed um a, a kind of turning uh closing uh, doors to our family um a kind of uh even within our own kind of uh social ecological community there's been lots of severed relationships um mm. yeah lots of labeling labeling us as anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists and um right-wing conspiracy theorists and all the all the usual garbage um that people who don't want to debate or don't want to yarn or don't want to be relational um find themselves using to take down someone else and so mm. we're yeah we're they're the sorts of relationships that have been severed, but at the same time, there's been an abundance of relationships um, that have sprung out of this time. So, um, yeah, so I'm I'm really open to, um, yeah, I feel like the the intro, um, the intro of me regarding some of the, the emails we've been toing and froing over the last several months um is a little i find it a little bit of a projection um and it, and and i guess some of that reductive language uh, i'm responsible for too um but I'm, I'm i'm sort of putting us both on notice to to slide away from um you know labels like disinformation and anti-vax and transphobic and all of those um sort of uh, beautifully curated labels to help divide and and cancel out um nuance mm. and relationships mm. so I, i'm finding that I'm, I'm finding i'm finding a lot of that um yeah i mean but i mean the, it is a pattern in the world you know the mainstream media does it as well and very reluctant to um call a coup attempt a coup attempt mm. you know for example and um you know things like this um there is this tendency to try and both sides everything um you know something happens it's like well some people say it's this but then on the other side some people are saying it's this um you know but they're not really you know um investigating or analyzing the um uh, the motivations and the agendas of the people who are saying those things you know um some people are reporting you know things that are measurable and recorded and then some people are um just projecting wild fantasies and both of those are treated equally um you know in this kind of both sidesing thing and in the same way debate is is not debate you know debate is a way for a, a salesman to get their foot in the door sure. you know i'm i'm finding um it's a little bit like i mean i think the best analogy i can come up with is you know those men who you know We'll be harassing women walking down the street darling 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 come on give us a smile you can at least be friendly come on you you know at least be friendly you don't have to be mean to a fella gives a smile so she like gives a strange smile and it's like woo, 
Yeah, she wants me. She wants me. <laughs> Come on, boys. Let's have a look. Go and show us you, you know, and, and then off it goes from there. Um, I'm finding a lot of it's like that, you know, when I engage, um, when I engage with people who are putting a lot of this, it's not necessarily in good faith. Um, they're not really interested in the idea that there might be more to know. And so, I mean, they're very quick to call, ah, there's no nuance. You don't have any nuance, but, you know, um, you know, usually the people they're yarning with are prepared to shift on mm. things and are constantly shifting as new information comes in, but they're not. So if you've got an immovable force meeting a, you know, a fluid object, <laughs> it's there's not really any kind of interaction or relation there at all. It's just destruction. So, um, you know, so I, th I think a lot of the, mm, a lot of the behaviors we'll see will be defensive behaviors. And then other people will be, you know, trying to be proactively offensive um, in, in an effort to um, combat uh, authoritarianism, um, um, fascism, which is on the rise and which is undeniably accompanying, um, you know, all of these narratives and all of this propaganda. You know, it, it usually comes alongside, you know, exhortations and, towards and glowing references to you know uh, what Orban's doing and what Erdogan's doing you know Hungary Turkey uh, Philippines they just execute them in the streets you know what I mean um yeah the, these the it's it's usually a lot of real fascist rhetoric and it's usually overblown into these people are going to these people want to destroy us they want to destroy our way of life they must be stopped this is a spiritual war between good and evil between angels and demons um and you know it's your life is at stake and your children's lives are at stake you've got to do something which you know is you know quite obviously stirring people towards violence public violence organized public violence and then of course the phenomenon of your lone wolf shooters which we are not immune to in Australia anymore because we're starting to have a few of those pop up here and there as well. Um, so that's where we are in Australia and New Zealand. That's that's becoming an issue as well. Um, so there's, you know, information isn't just information. You know, it's packaged. It's coming from somewhere and it's coming in patterns and it's coming in waves. And, um, you know, that horseshoe, the ends of the horseshoe are getting pushed together real tighter and tighter until you got um, hippies sitting down in the drum circle with bloody skinheads at a Canadian truckers rally, you know? Um, and then at the same week, we've got in Melbourne on a billboard, someone spray painted up there, um, hold the line, Canada. You know what I mean? It's a freaking small world when it comes to information, bros, and I'm seeing patterns in there. What are you seeing? Um, I'm, I'm seeing it differently. Um, I think the, yeah, the, when you, you did your black pill article on ABC online, um, I reached out to you and said, um, that I didn't feel that conspiracy theories within indigenous communities or non-indigenous communities was nearly as dangerous, um, as, uh, uncritiqued power that mainstream media is continuously uh, um, 
continuously um, providing an, un, an yeah a non non critiquing of power, and I feel like that for us is a structural difference that I was pointing out that you're writing this article from a government funded and highly influenced. I mean, ABC journalists and, and peeps have been yelling and screaming about government interference for 30 years. And we've seen this slow creep of it becoming less and less independent and more and more uh, an arm of government, what I call government misinformation or um, government manipulation. And so even though I trust the ABC in certain stories, I wouldn't with others. And I guess why I'm led there is people like Marianne DeMarcy, who is a former ABC um, science journalist and producer who was um, pretty much uh, not sacked, but like kind of forced into oblivion um, after she did a piece in 2016 on uh, the overprescription of statins. And the overprescription of statins uh, as an industry was like Pfizer and Co's biggest profit uh, drugs at the time in, in around 216, 217. And just her telling the story of how she was completely uh, silenced from being uh, accolades um, by her bosses to within a few days, like the show absolutely stopped, pulled down, and um, uh, basically um, uh, people like Norman Swan um, saying people will die if they watch this program, you know, really hysterical stuff. And and then finding out that Norman Swan has, you know, just before COVID started a chemist to you business. He's the director of a corporation, which is the highest, um, the largest medical um, advertising industry, uh, company in Australia. And, you know, he has real vested interests in the pharmaceutical industry. And he's like the go-to guy for most sort of liberal leftist um people on the ABC who was really responsible for getting rid of Marianne DeMarcy. Just quickly, were there not were there were there not people dying? What was um, that? From were there not people dying from following um uh, treatment protocols um that that were not based on any research and not 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 prescribed. I mean yeah. there, there were there certainly were people dying. So I I just I just I just have to go out like I'm I'm not sure if it's an overreaction to say people are going to die from uh you know, like I think when when those things are coming out, it's um. So Swan Swan was talking about yeah. Swan was talking about people will die if they watch this um, expose, this four years of research, um, that was peer reviewed and like a, a very well researched deep dive into the statins industry, and Norman Swan was is saying people will die if people uh, watch this and they stop taking their statins. So now it's really um, the evidence for overprescription of statins is, is has mounted ever since, and there's real corruption that stems to Oxford University. It's a big story. You can follow um, Marianne DeMassey's gone on and become a major writer for the British Medical Journal, uh, and you know she she's been a, a real go-to for us in terms of COVID. Is, is her work more? Uh, is it does it have a bit more quality than uh, Wakefield's research? I haven't looked into Wakefield's research. All right. Okay. But um, um so Wake, she, Wakefield's um um I, I know the yes, story, but I haven't was, yeah, yeah. I haven't looked into uh, it. It was yeah, it was found that he was actually being funded by um 
by big legal <laughs> in the end with people who are looking to make an easy an easy killing um, in the sort of vaccine injury law uh, that he he had funding from them, but he also had an interest in he had um, uh, patents on separate measles um, and mumps vaccines. So you know that's why he went quite specifically after the MMR combo. Um, you know, in in really pushing that uh, that narrative of autism um, being yeah. caused caused by pharmaceuticals. That's yeah. I have no opinion on that. That's not my area of interest or um, concern. But I I do one of the things that um, I so read. I'm just I'm not finding any I'm not finding any research that's that isn't um, uh, problematic in that way. So um, you know, if we're talking about you yeah. know a, a critical approach. You know, to you... critiquing these things and i guess we'll get into in a minute we'll get into the critiques of power too because yeah. i think that's um i think that'll get more more broad into the source of um, the knowledge rather than you know um i don't know the nitty-gritty of a thousand a thousand facts and flowers blooming and Are you dust just, getting uh, kicked up all over the shop can i just ask you a question um regarding the overprescription of medications do you do you think that's a thing do you think there's what, a, that medications are prescribed? The overprescribing oh. of medications. So, oh yeah, the, hell yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Look, I mean, it, but the, these are and and the the institutions that are in place to regulate these things, um, they they off they've they've dropped the ball on a number of occasions. But these things are always revealed and followed up, and then you know, and and there are consequences for them, like for the with the opioid epidemic, for example. This is you know. This is something that all the right institutions and uh, science and everything else has a consensus on. You know that this was caused by, um, you know, bad actors and and you know and and massive bloody corporate greed. Um, you know there are powerful actors out there. You know acting to change the world. Um, it's but I, I I wouldn't say that those people are just, you know, the, the liberal media, and you know uh, I don't know. Um, who, I mean, who are the who are these powerful figures? So you know, is it George Soros? No, I, I don't. Example, I don't see um, it at all. I feel like it's just a like the overprescription of medications is, has just been a step by step slide. Um, and with more and more reg, government regulators being uh, funded by the industries themselves, there's then there's the revolving lunch, the revolving door. Um, you know, this is this this lobbying. These are just basic things like that have become systemic. So rather than just one or two people who are, you know, acting nefarious, it just it's just actually become commonplace. So which are the medications they haven't caught out yet? Because you know, I mean, there's of course the opioid opioid epidemic thing. There's you know all the other ones historically that you can list from thalidomide right up until today. Um, well, I, I think you know, even I bad aspirin, bad aspirin gets caught out in the end. Um, you know, there's always when when these unethical practices happen, they, they always get caught up with in the end. Yeah. And by the way, they, I did not receive a memo from my institution telling me to say these things. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have I have very little stake in, uh, you know, not, not going against the grain, you know, as an anti-colonial and um, basically anarchist uh, sort of indigenous researcher. I'm, I'm yeah, quite, uh, quite anti-institutional. Well, that, that leads me to, I guess, the, the next point, like about 50% of Indigenous Australians took the vaccine. 
whereas non-Indigenous Australians it was like 95%. Yeah. So it's like, you, to me, um, the, 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 you know, the source is um, GP News, if you want to find that source, um, with an article there from 2022. But, um, yeah, the... Yeah, we had a lot of elders uh, who were anti-vaxxers and putting out a lot of material. We had a lot of... Uh, a lot of um, indigenous... when, you say, when you say anti-vaxxer, what do you mean by that? What can um, you describe that? Uh, well, I guess it's shorthand in the same way that some people go shorthand for woke, uh, for what I'm saying, mm. I guess. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, uh, people who, you know, very specifically, uh, who previously were were um, were against uh, vaccinations in general and had been for decades. Um, I, I won't mention names, but, you know, um, and, and one of the, the elders who was a leader in that, um, yeah. I, I don't want to say his name because it was too recent he's passed away but um yeah he, he actually died of COVID um you know as well um but there was there was a lot of and when I say disinformation I mean insane disinformation going yeah. around like the Jews are after us I, kind I, kind of levels of, of disinformation and I, you know, I saw some of that there are there are concentration told. camps being set up for Aboriginal people who are unvaccinated and um you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. yeah I mean I I saw some of that but I also know a whole bunch of Indigenous friends who didn't take it and not because they had some some you know head in some American derived conspiracy theory it's just um they didn't trust i mean i i what i see is 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 a farmer colonization is a thing and it's it starts with the overprescription. it starts with um medical journals being um uh captured and what i mean by that is um even even certain things like editors having all liability um removed um from from stepping into those roles. So the legalism that is has happened around that. Um, but also, you know, like in Australia, for example, we're still in some sectors mandating our vaccines, whereas most North European countries and Japan have have act, have stopped them either for the entire population or for people under 70 or people under 60 or whatever. But you know, we're we're still like pushing these things. And so there's this. You know, we, we we don't even have a media that's curious um, about why these countries are what are winding back these vaccines. So to ask answer your question about, you know, what's the most current medication that um, is being wound back? Um, it's 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 all there. It's all available um, in Switzerland and in. Well, uh, the, yeah, the reason the reason they're doing that is because uh, because of lobbying because um, it's more profitable. So if if you're selling um, medications, you know individually to people who are choosing to have it, then there's no price cap, and you can keep putting the prices up the same way you do for insulin, you know. But when it's under big government government contracts for mass medication, you know, like you only see for things like vaccine vaccines, um, you know, it's the the profit margins are a lot more fixed, and. Uh, limitable <laughs> and there's too many limits on them and you can't just like uh increase increase the the price by 500 percent mysteriously for no bloody reason because the government won't let you 
you know. So it's actually more profitable for big pharma. Um, and they where they can get away with it, in most places in the world where okay. they can get away with it, they'd rather sell it as individual doses than as mass medications because you make a killing on it. You can charge people bloody 500 bucks a shot if you feel like it. So, um, yeah. So that's a thing. If you if you're talking about following following the money and you know qui bono and all that kind of thing, then um, you know I, I I I think I think pharmaceutical companies are inherently evil as corporations, and you know I I really resent having to trust my body and roll the dice and the body of my kids and my family every day the same way you do in doing that. But I don't think these guys are um are actually the <laughs> are actually this in 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 this instance. You know, I, I don't think um I don't think greed greed is a motivating factor there. You know, I, I, I everything that I've everything that I've found out, and this is coming from an extreme, you know, vaccine skeptic position that I you know maintained over a decade. Um, you know, um, yeah, in the end, I I can't find any evidence of that, and in fact, I can find a lot of evidence to the contrary. Um, you know, I I can it, there's a lot of um circumstantial stuff that you can stack up and stack up and stack up until it seems like heaps and then you've got rfk robert f kennedy rfk junior stand is a junior i can't remember he's standing there with his big like he'll print them all out and go here's this stack and now here's this stack are you gonna believe you know and i think most people looking at that will go yeah yeah bros yeah fucking i believe the big stack you know um yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, like yeah, like you talk about. There's our, problems with this way of thinking. And there's problems with the logics. Yeah, there is. It. And this is why you have uh, scholars and academics as annoying as they freaking are, mm -hmm. and, and quants looking into all this stuff because, um, you know, we can be misled by things like this. Yeah, I mean, one of, one of the things that I um, find with RFK Jr. is that he began in a very similar place to me with. Um, looking into like Vandana Shiva looking into the chemicalization of agriculture and mercury and water yeah and the effects on human health and human biomes that is and so you know from from that perspective um RFK and Vandana Shiva and many other people uh, like myself and and my friend David Holmgren and Sue Dennett and a whole bunch of us you know um Tammy John S and a whole lot of people in the um regenerative agriculture, permaculture space um, have been really aligned with, um, you know, the pro looking at it, deep diving into the problem of GMOs and the effect on human health and ecological health. And so, so when, um, when this guy who's now standing as a presidential candidate and has about 20% already of interest, he, he's basically, um, you know, 20 years ago then said actually there's a problem with the overprescription of vaccines should we have a conversation about this is this just the industry like uh inventing illnesses because vaccines are such big money or do we actually need to have them and so he took this so he's you know he gets mislabeled as an anti-vaxxer all the time just as we do it's like there is no there is no possible way of understanding that there's no possible way to call every single vaccine that comes onto the market safe and effective or relevant to human health. There is just no way to do that, just as there's no way to say that every single vaccine is dangerous and detrimental to human health. But you know, These are reasonable conversations to have, but they come in a context. Yeah. They come in a context and a raft, a raft of other... other um, 
propaganda, uh, heavily, heavily, heavily politicized issues. Um, they, they, they come to they they come they come with you like you know in your your ham and ivermectin paste sandwich. You know they come together. You get the ham as well, and the ham in this case is the trans transphobia, and the you know um, you know like. Um, you know, problematizing, you know, trans kids in sport, oh, you know, they need to have their genitals inspected before the race and all this kind of stuff. Um, hmm. so, you know, I uh, guess, I guess for me that the, the, the trans um, subject is, is really none of my business because it's not my community in terms of culture and identity and things like that. I have trans friends. Um, yeah, but the the email that you sent me when you passed on passed on yeah. some literature about that that was that was when I first um, um, started to have I some concern that this I wanted you know, to the healthy skepticism on this topic yeah. and this topic and this topic you know I because guess. because it was because it was lining up with exactly the same patterns and rhythms you know of the alt right I was concerned for you that your algorithm was sending a tail of content and maybe twisting things a little right but the same with the questions of over prescription and pharmacolonization that I've had for many many years as far back as GMOs and looking at these big indus industries that are extremely powerful and profitable and and just the incursion the capture through lobbying the capture through revolving doors decade after decade after decade getting worse and worse and gradually worse so it's the same thing. What I arrived at is looking into the, the medicalization of kids who um, call themselves trans. And so the um, extreme, basically getting kids on to a lifetime of drug dependency from the pharmaceutical industry. That, that, is the, that is the question I feel like as a society that we need to have broadly. Mm. And every every other issue around trans is culturally I'm totally aligned with, but mm. I'm not I'm not aligned with more pharmacolonization of people's bodies, and I feel like that needs to be a societal conversation. Mm. It's big. Oh, that's um. But <clears throat> see, and this this comes back to um, you know, not not on when when you when you zoom in on that, um, we're. Uh, you know, and you get a bit more granular around these issues where we're poles apart. But in the broader sense, we've both started out our relationship and our yarns together around the inefficiency of um, of of the institution known as a nation. Mm -hmm. That having these massive nation states, these just unwieldy, you know, industrialized things that were built for mass control and monoculturalism and colonization of all peoples and all languages, you know, on a continent or a massive or the country or whatever, you know, all the bioregions and all the little different, you know, languages and dialects and cultures and everything, you know, in that place, you know, becoming going under massive centralized control. You know, I think um, you know, my community, your community, um and even like the crypto bros community and lots of other communities are, you know, are really starting to talk up the problems um, that come with sort of, you know, massive bureaucracies and, you know, massive institutions that really are inefficient at scale. When they scale, it's inefficient, you know, particularly for the individual on the ground or different families who have different needs or different uh, environmental 
factors, histories, you know, including health histories, et cetera. So yeah, there, there's there's problems with that for sure. And that, that's something I'll fight until I die is that, uh, you know, colonization of everything. Hmm. But when we come down to the granular level and we start to zoom in and, and go, well, you know, we've got to support this like amazing fucking RFK coming out who's like, you know, he's going to be our retribution and our avenging angel in, in this space. Then it's, um, we become part of the machinery of the state. I, I agree. The way it, it wants to eat itself. Yeah. Uh, the way it requires um you know constant upheaval and yeah. you know constant cycles of revolutions and renewal and uh you know uh division and all that sort of thing you know yeah i mean for me uh when we met um i i absolutely agree the the notion of empire is deeply and it still is for me deeply problematic mm. and and the reason i sent you through that jfk is that our family have been sitting in this for the first time of our lives, a contagion class. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we're getting uh, a, a insight into what that is. Um, and what, the, I mean, Meg's Jewish, so she is much closer to that. My old people were um, contagion classes quite a few centuries before. So it's, uh, oh, what's, what's that history? Just in a nutshell, sorry, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but. Yeah, so my I've got Gaelic, Celtic, and Norse ancestors. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my they're my old. What, what was what was their contagion? Syphilis. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, just, hey, just jokes, just jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. civilization. Yeah. yeah, yeah, malnutrition, diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, potato famine. Um, yeah, so I, I feel that. Um, that the the why why I'm interested in um, something like the American presidential election is, um, and I've never had any as an adult. I've never had any um, interest really, apart from just following the the charade of it and the, um, the the spectacle of it, and being always cynical about that system because it's not a circle. It's it's not people coming together in a circle to listen, um, which. Uh, is what I've been leaning into and rebuilding in my own community and neighborhood and understanding that that the power is disseminated when we meet in circles and rather than in podiums and so all that kind of grandstanding. But now that I'm on this sort of in this side of the contagion class and experience um, a systemic uh, uh, well, I've, I've, the full brunt of the state being locked out of all local civic buildings um, and uh, swimming pools, um, libraries. Um, there's no seat at the local government table. It's um, also a very powerful group, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, you know, the the, the pandemic's it? still raging. And, I mean, there's no way. Mm. I mean, it's it's powerful enough and numerous enough. It's not exactly a minority that um you know you, you you government wouldn't dare impose lockdowns again even you know no matter how many spikes we get in uh COVID deaths and those numbers now yeah. is uh oh, be, you know that your institutions are intimidated oh, your contagion I, class I, is, I, I is actually quite a powerful uh powerful group I, and I it don't... is centralized and it is <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean I, I... leaders it's just um you know it's a it's it's a true grassroots um 
um, uprising, uh, you know, um, manipulated as it is by yeah. by uh, you know dark money and a, you know um, the billionaire class that would uh, prefer to do anything other than pay their fucking taxes. Yeah, when I mean when you when you use this language, I'm so I feel so alienated from that. Like I'm I'm just talking about the 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 very small percentage, probably four or five percent of us who um, didn't line up for a, a vaccine, were not against vaccines, but were certainly against mandates. Um, really tried to uh, have conversations around that, but had no. Um, basically, our channels for conversation were shut down. Particularly, I, I mean, I've I've written several uh, articles from the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age, opinion pieces over the years, and um, I wrote three or four. I'm um, trying to voice the, the position from someone who uh, is vaccine skeptical um, and wanting to outline the reasons why. And they're all ignored. And just seeing, you know, the head kicking that's gone in. in Plus, if you take the red flags out, like trans, like links to trans, you know, exclusionary, you know, content, and you know, links to RFK. If you take out a few of the red flags, then but I, you know, I, I imagine cert certainly that 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 opinion would be would be respected. Like, but I feel like that's that's, that's just we've a, got people. Man, we got people in in Deakin who are you know uh, grappling with those things, and working. We got people in every university who are grappling with it and, and working exactly on those ideas and who are studying those things. But um, you know they're they're doing it without the without the ideological uh, you know intrusions um, that that are um, you know I mean it's it's contaminated <laughs> reasoning. You know, so when you write something, it's you have those red flags popping up. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be rejected, and you can't, you can't go. Ah, oh, see, look, they don't want to hear the truth. It's people, like, are yeah, yeah, everyone wants the truth. I think all of us are steered um, um, by whatever media that we trust, and so to have an open mind about any journalist that, like, we've got a whole bunch of journalists that we follow. Our media ecology is really diverse, but they're mostly from what would used to be called the liberal media, um, and they're they're kind of seeing the uh, capture of the, of those organisations. They're seeing the pieces that are no longer allowed to be published, and they're creating independent Substack um, spaces, and they're they're going it alone. and And so, while obviously there's a, a, a necessity to to filter everything and to go to the sources of, of investigative journalists who have left what is known as mainstream media and creating um, new medias out of that. That's a completely different story. To... Almost nobody, mainstream media is a minority now. Almost nobody's listening to it or viewing it. It's, it's, it's most true. people are getting their, are getting their information from, it, you know, citizen it, journalists. Most people are getting it from, yeah. you know, Amateurs yeah. and any bastard with a bloody um, Yeti mic and a laptop, you know, um, that's where most of the information is coming from. Yeah. And, and therefore, you know, that's the majority of the media that I consume is, yeah. um, I'm looking mostly at libertarian, um, you know, media all, all the time, and yeah. because I'm very interested in watching with a critical eye where these patterns are going. Yeah, but um, even just that term, I'm not inhaling any ABC news at all. Yeah. But even that term libertarian, it's just always used today in this reductive right sense, whereas actually left libertarianism is anarchism. And so like we don't, we can't Absolutely. even have, 
we can't even have a conversation about libertarianism at the moment without it just creating a red flag. So I guess this is what I'm, you know, like I want to be able to talk about the medicalization of trans kids. I want to show people the um, documentaries I've seen with detransitioning children or young people who who basically saying, I don't want, I want to tell people about this and they're being cancelled. You know, like why why can't we have a conversation so that people are transitioning they can actually see that let's let's transition in a fluid sense or let's transition for a number of years and and like really feel into this before we have big pharma intersect into our lives like and you know so like which is mostly what happens that that's the actual mm -hmm. treatment protocol you it know, is it's 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 just well it, for a start like you know trans is is the tiniest sliver of a percentile of the, of the population um it still is and then the some tiniest, american the tiniest sliver of that yeah every now and then you find a story mm -hmm. which when you dig yeah. into it you find there's other circumstances and other contexts mm -hmm. going on yeah. or it's an outright lie like the bloody you know the famous kitty litter tray in the classrooms mm -hmm. piece which they're still bellowing in the senate you know yeah. in, in the us and still bellowing across social media and writing it on toilet walls you know mm -hmm. all over australia as well you know, it's these things, bros. It's um, you know, it's 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 can, not look yeah. it, over inflating the issue in the tiniest, rarest in, instances where things go wrong. Um, uh, and, well, that's the, and mean, it is and it is tiny and it is rare. Tavistock you know, highlighting those things is um, but Tavistock in London was shut inflating them, hyperinflating the them with is, systemic Tyson. Sorry. Haverstock in London was shut down because the harm to young people was systemic. So I, I don't think you can say this is just like, it, it's a bit like what's unfolding now with COVID vaccines and, and the level of systemic in terms of what adverse effects. So like over 50% of the population or I, I don't have those figures yeah, uh, it's, on it's... me, but, but it, but I mean, Tavistock was shut down because of, harm to children harm mm -hmm. to young people so um so you i, you, I don't you know they're, they're not <laughs> they're not shutting down you know any of the institutions um you know uh, that are that are responsible or in which you know uh, mass shootings are occurring and mass shootings becoming a systemic thing you know it's um but but, but mass shootings are that, that's actually by, by one individual not an institution not a not a public <laughs> institution no but it is the, this this distributed disinformation uh, complex that I'm talking about that does incite violence and it incites the kind of terrorism that is the lone wolf thing. It's not even uh, separate cells like you might find in some international terror organizations. It's actually, um, you know, so it's not even secret cells. It's it's highly individualized, you know. So, I, I mean, I... The, that most recent one, you know, it's the... <laughs> You know, they're, they're, I mean, pe people are going to uh, Russian social me media, which isn't uh, moderated, you know, in order to get these manifestos out and in order to um, access the content they they desire for their radicalization and all the rest. Um, you know, it, it is an information complex and it, it is it is sponsored and it is funded by, you know, extremely wealthy groups and individuals around the globe. Um, at the same time as they're sponsoring and funding a whole heap of conspiracy theories around, um, I don't know, the tiny percentage of liberal billionaires around the place, like, you know, George Soros and people like that, you know, you've probably come across quite a bit, 
like you would have come across, you know, a lot of people talking about Soros, uh, talking about Rothschilds, et cetera, et cetera. You won't have the same people telling you about Peter Thiel or Warren Buffett or, you know, any of these names. Um, you know, it's it's a it, I, not, it's the tiniest shift in focus. I'm not, that is I'm not, just, not that is just focusing on a few little bits and inflating them beyond what yeah. the reality is or what the importance is. It is a narrative focus. And it's a narrative that is wrong story. It's a narrative that is, um, you know, it it's good story though. It's wrong story, but it's good story because there's spirit there. You know, there are angels and demons. There is good and evil. There is, you know, there is a war. Um, you know, it's good story. And I know that's what's been attractive um, to a lot of people in my community, in my family. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Um... <laughs> there is uh, there's sort of this misfiring between us like um i think that you're really fixated on or interested in um these marginal this marginal power or this power that comes from you know some some big you big, could say fixated wealthy wealthy dudes who are um promulgating um certain narratives uh to to suit certain political or control uh paradigms but what i what i i guess what i'm i'm really trying to bring into this is that at the same time we have public institutions white colonial institutions um and medias that are promulgating another form of misinformation and medical fascism is coming out of that absolutely so, so that Absolutely. That, so so yeah, basically, we've got fascism that's coming from a grassroots way that is being manipulated, and we've got fascism that's coming through an institutional sense. And so that that's and and when so I what's had, what's the difference between medical fascism and then the the kind of autocratic sort of fascist impulses that come through regular, you know, uh, impositions of colonial state institutions like the stuff that's been happening for the last two hundred years? Oh, I mean, I, I think that uh, the inability for i mean the 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 uh, we've got single moms who um are getting visited by docs around here for the smallest misdemeanors like for example a friend's car got crashed by a tree branch and her and her child her 10 year old was in the car and just got out like like moments before and and the the branch brushed against him she checked him over um the 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 police came and did a report on the thing and she she checked as a mom she checked over her son and didn't um take him to hospital because she devised that she didn't he, he didn't need it that he was in a state of shock went home had a hot bath she was visited by docs the next day for there was it's like this um almost this mandating mentality that you must go and report yeah. uh all of these things i'm familiar to, with that yeah, yeah, <laughs> but um, and yeah, from yeah, long, long experience. Hey, this is terrible. Um, you've got to pick got up three. We've got three minutes to wrap yeah. up, and then I've got to run to the car and then go and pick up the kids. Um, well, we. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, we got a just, little. Just yeah, but I, 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 I enjoyed it. I like it. Me too. And um, too. I feel feel yeah. like it was a good yarn. Yeah, and I, I don't think the object of a yarn is to arrive at some kind of agreement or I can compromise or halfway spot or another one. 
Yeah. Uh, it's not to arrive at winners and losers, um, etc. Um, you know, when people say we need to have these conversations and uh, maybe they need to be having the yarns instead. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Really it. yeah. It's up to the fam. And yeah. Up, yeah. And I'm, I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad our families, you know, get to, uh, get to keep being friends and I get to, you know, come out and harvest some wood out your way from time to time and, and enjoy that, that bread from your awesome oven. Yeah. Uh, come, come visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll love to come out and stay again. Well, no more lockdown. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make it happen, bro. It's been a while. Yeah, Thanks. really good to yarn. All right. Yeah, great, great to yarn. Um, yeah. Oh, and I, I guess what do you what what are your thoughts on this one? Is this something to share with people, or are we just uh, it's just just for us? Oh, I mean, I think it's a pretty rare moment of people having these conversations, having these yarns. So. Uh, I'm I'm up for it. I don't I don't feel like I um maybe I, I yeah I mean I I don't feel like there was heaps in it for me, but um I I feel I feel like there's enough of a um of a disentanglement of mm. some some of our or maybe a, an entanglement of of some of where we've arrived each at yeah um. So if it, just, yeah, uh, I just I, I just think it's it's possible to be in good relation. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, while you're holding these things. Yeah, and I'll get you know, well, well, you I'll know, get caught a transfer for. Well, you're getting recruited by the Nazis, and I'm getting recruited <laughs> by Big Pharma. Then, um, you know, we're uh, yeah, we can still hang out and have a beer. Sounds good to me. <laughs> All right, butter man. All right, see you, Tyson. Catch ya. Yeah, bye.